everyone. Welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donatio, Bible study author, adventure junkie, and founder of Voice of the Voiceless, empowering women in Africa. Join me here every week for inspiring conversations on discovering miracles in life's messy moments. Here's this week's episode. Well, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. Guys, today I am so excited to have what I call my boss. He calls me a partner, Dr. Steve Green. He is my special guest today. He is Charisma Media Group's publisher and executive vice president. After receiving his PhD in marketing, Dr. Green worked for various large corporations and owned several businesses. Previously, he served as dean of the College of Business and as professor of marketing at Oral Roberts University. Dr. Green founded Bixby Community Church and served as senior pastor for 10 years. In 2015, Dr. Green started the Charisma Podcast Network, CPN, with five shows. And as of January 2021, CPN has hosted 194 shows and has had over 52 million downloads. His show, Green Lines, averages 400,000 downloads monthly. Dr. Green has been married to Annette for 47 years. They have two children and three grandchildren. Welcome, Dr. Green, to the program. Well, hey, Angela. It's so good to be with you on the other side of the desk. I'm glad I get to spend some time with you and always honored. Even I get five minutes with you. There's a good five minutes. Oh, thank you, Dr. Green. It's my honor, truly. And as I was reading your bio and kind of preparing for this interview, all I could think about is you really have lived multiple lives. And at least it's what it feels like when I'm reading your bio and I would love to, to just hear from you how you've seen the hand of God directing you in those seasons. And, and was it a natural progression from one season to the next? Or I know you have really integrated your faith and marketplace and ministry. And I would just love for you to share what that has looked like for you. Well, ma'am, you know, it, it starts when you start college as a music major and you don't know what you're going to do. Uh, all you know is you want to sing. And I was a worship leader at my church. All I knew is I wanted to lead worship, but I, I really felt because I was doing uh, musicals for theater in New Orleans and in my college. And I just thought that I had the gifts and the talents. It's really what I wanted to do. And then I had a, a, a solfeggio teacher who have, have told music majors more than once, you're a voice major. You probably aren't going to do well in solfege. And uh, I didn't. And he said, you're probably going to end up being a, a choir teacher. And I walked across the quadrangle and changed my major to marketing. And that's where God wanted me from the beginning because I was raised by a marketer. But I fought marketing, even though I, it was a natural gift. It was an instinct. I just wanted to sing. And I, I wanted to worship. And, you know, it's pretty hard to do all those things when I couldn't play piano like you can play it. I could do three chords in a cloud of dust. But I just wasn't gifted except to sing. And, and so I changed my major to marketing and began this career of becoming a college professor. Didn't know that's what I was going to do. I'll, I'll make the short story as short as I can. But when you start the path of a college professor in business, you get to do a, a, a lot of other things. And so I got to be real active in my church. So I was a worship leader. It was really good. Pastors liked me because I didn't need money because I had a job. I was a college professor. And I became, started doing a lot of Sunday school teaching, was effective as a teacher to the glory of God. I became an associate 
started preaching a lot more pastors like me because I could fill in for them and didn't cost them any money. So they didn't have to bring an outsider in and pay. And, you know, it just worked out. It was good for me, good for them. I grew a lot as a pulpit minister, as a teacher, not a showman. You would think I would as a song and dance guy in college, but I was trying to do the opposite of that. I just wanted to be an effective teacher. You know, and I had sat under Andy Stanley for a while in Atlanta, and I learned a lot about effective communicating, and I just knew I was called. So when I ended up in businesses, I was traveled a lot. I worked with NBC. My wife and I owned restaurants, had an ad agency. I've done a lot of things, but all of them, most of them, while I was teaching. And then when I, I went to be in business, I wanted to be in San Francisco and work in a major market. I wanted to see if my skills would translate to the, to the big leagues, I wanted to play major league. So I ran TV stations in San Francisco, had a, had a good opportunity to do marketing and uh, be used by God in a big way. So Angela, I think I ended up, uh, when I resigned there, I wanted to come back and do more ministry. And so I was consulting and ended up in Tulsa as a consultant. And then we moved there because the consulting job turned into a full-time offer to be chief operating officer for a food, for a restaurant chain called Camille Sidewalk Cafe. So I did that for a bunch of years. While I was doing that, I met Richard Roberts, and he said, why don't you come be an adjunct teacher at ORU? And I said, I'll start tomorrow, because I didn't have to leave my consultancy. I didn't have to leave Camille's. I just got to teach as an adjunct. And absolutely, when I opened that door, as I said before, and would say again, when I opened my car door and got out to go uh, teach my first class, I was overwhelmed with the Spirit of God. It was like the cloud of witnesses carried me into that room. I had, you know, big stairs up to get into the building at ORU, and I felt like I was floating up those stairs, and my heartbeat was racing. I can remember it like it was yesterday because it happened to me for the five or six years that I was on that campus. I never felt like I had missed the presence of the Lord there, and so I got to serve with Mark Rutland, who was the president, and uh, when he left, I left near about after that, and I was sent here to work uh, at, at uh, uh, I'm sorry, at Charisma Media. But I skipped the part here of telling you about my, my life while I was in Tulsa because the Lord led me to start a church while I was in Tulsa. Now, someone with a brain doesn't do that, Angela. Last thing Tulsa needs with another new church, especially <laughs> a spirit-filled church. You know, and, and that's what I did because I was teaching a little Sunday school thing and they said, well, why don't you just, it was in my home. They said, well, why don't we just start meeting on Sunday? I was kind of against that because I didn't feel like we needed another church, but it's the way the Lord led it. And we started and I can tell you, I, I can't talk about this without, without hurting. Wow. But I did my 10 years there when I had finished 10 and it came to that place where I preached my last sermon. And Angela, it hurt me like nothing has ever hurt me. I, I preached some sermons, some um, funerals that, that were equally hard, one in particular, because I had to bury a student friend, and it was so hard. And we had a plane crash at ORU where I did some funerals and of students who were ministers. And uh, it, it was the worst, one of the worst experiences of my life. But I want to tell you that walking across the platform I, I couldn't get to the pulpit when, when our worship leader had given me the look 
and the signal, then it was time to get, you know, she was done. So it was time for me. You know how you all give us that look. That's time. Get over here. <laughs> I couldn't move. I doubled over and bawled like a baby. And I mean, loud crying. I couldn't stop. I've never cried like that in my life. I've had a lot of tears in my life. I've had a lot of heartfelt moments, but I've never guffawed like that. I couldn't budge. I couldn't move. I don't know what came over me. I know it was the Lord and it was a catharsis. It was an emptying. And by the time I got over to the platform, I uh, turned on my slides and I began to preach. I was fine. And I, I, I never said a word to them about what I was feeling because I couldn't define it. I couldn't tell my church what I was feeling because I don't know. I don't know what I was feeling, but it hurt. And I've never been back. They all said, oh, you got to come back and preach. And, you know, the first thing a pastor that leaves knows is don't ever go back. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not fair to the couple that was called and chosen to replace me that I had handpicked and they were called and they knew it. It's not fair to the church because I had to break it. I couldn't answer their calls and be their pastor. I had to let their pastor be the pastor. And so I got out of the way. But, you know, God put me right to work when I got to Orlando area, which uh, our home our home here is in Lake Mary. That's where uh, Charisma Media's home is. And I went right to work. I knew that God had something for me here that was bigger than what I had there. I just knew bigger. I didn't want bigger. I, I avoided that. I, I had bigger. I went to San Francisco. I had all the big I wanted. I don't want it anymore. I wanted my small church and I wanted, you know, I had a big enough church. It was plenty of time, plenty of work to do, but, and I, I had ORU platform and I was president of the church. I had all the big I wanted, Angela. So I came to this place where I realized that it was time to go and to be here and to do this work because it's bigger than anything I could have ever asked for, imagined, dreamed about. God put me through all those places, every single stop. And this almost sounds like a, um, an old, something that people say to each other at church all the time, you know, colloquialism almost. God prepared me for a time such as this to come mm -hmm. to Charisma and to use every single stop that I made along the way to prepare me to do this big work, bigger than me than I've ever seen in my life, much bigger than working with NBC. Hmm. Wow. What a powerful story. And what I'm so moved by is, you know, my husband and I pastor out here outside of DC, as you know, and we've been at the same church for 25 years. I know. So that's really like a death is, is trying to leave the people that you have loved and invested in. And you left it when it was, it was flourishing and you were yeah. still so passionate. It wasn't like your heart was waning from it. And that's so impacting for us as leaders to say, listen, sometimes God's going to call you to do something, a new work. And, and you're going to have to, it's going to be a step of surrender and it's going to be a step of obedience. But, you know, if you had said, no, I love this place. I love where I'm at. It's comfortable. It's fulfilling. There would no, there would not be charisma media as we know it today. And it so be, your obedience. Whatever God wanted to be still, he'd call someone else. But mm. what he prepared me for all my life, what he, every moment of my life that he prepared me for was to come work with your group. Wow. With a work to work with a group of podcasters who are going to change the world. These mm. podcasts are going to impact the globe. I know it in my spirit. I know it in my business intellect. Well, one of the things, Dr. Green, that I've heard you say to me personally is just 
in the same way that Oral Roberts was called to lay hands on sick people, you've been called to lay hands on sick businesses. And I, I, I just love this integration of faith and marketplace that you've always modeled, whether it's through your business, your academia, your, your books that you've written. I've recently read Love Leads, and you, you're modeling for us how to lead with love, how to lead with integrity, and, and just to, to go where God is calling you, even if it's a sacrificial call. So right. did, was, was Love Leads a culmination of some of that, or was it a an isolated book that you wanted to write? It felt like the whole approach that you've taken to the way you've shifted and transitioned and led with such grace in so many different areas and spheres of influence. You know, the book's a whole other story. I wrote it in 2017. The book, mm. I had said, remember, I've been a college professor a long time. Professors write books. I kept saying, I'm not going to write a book. I'm never going to write a book. My book is my students. Every student that graduates from being under me in my ministry as a college professor, the marketplace ministry is my book. And so Hmm. I've got a library full of them all over the globe now, thanks to ORU, that are planted in virtually every continent of the world. Why would I need to write a book? But when I got here, and I've been here a couple of years, Joy Strang, who's one of the owners, the wife of Steve Strang, and they both own the company. Joy said to me, I just really feel led to tell you that I think you should write a book. And my first answer was, I've, I've already written my books. <laughs> They're all over the world. They're graduates. They'll know I love that. that you need to write as a leader. And so I began to look and it, it. The book just fell on me as from the Holy Spirit. And here's how I was reading first uh, Corinthians 13 and every place the word uh, love was, I put the word leader. Just as I was reading it, not even thinking about a book yet, but I was reading it and I put the word leader in place of love, all the love is, it was leaders are, leaders is, and that was the book. And I used that as a beginning and every principle I taught about love came from a Bible story that the Lord opened up and showed me the love leader in it. And so I just taught the one principle of leadership through the eyes of love as taught by stories in the Bible. So that's what love leads is. Isn't it interesting that the things you didn't want to do, you didn't want to leave your church that you love, the people that you love so much so that you haven't even gone back. You didn't even want to write a book. You didn't even set out to do it, but look at the way God has used your life at every twist and turn. And that's so encouraging for us to feel like maybe someone's listening who you you're just not even sure where God is in the decisions and the processes. And would you say, Dr. Green, that peace has been one of the critical ways you've determined knowing that God is moving you from one season to another? Well, there's yeah. no question. I, I'm led by his peace and, and by the gifts that I can't be peaceful if I'm going into something I'm not gifted for. I'm, mm. I may want to be a professional golfer, and, and I have a whole lot of peace about that. Yes, I'm going to get on tour and play golf. I just don't have any gifts. You know, mm-hmm. and so it's very obvious. You know, I'd love to do what you do. Sit at the piano and play like you do. I would absolutely be at peace. I would love to sit in a church and play the offertory. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of peace about doing it. I just don't now I wouldn't if someone called me up, I'd run. But I, I don't have the gifts. And so God leads us with peace and with gifts. Try not to leave where you're planted. If you're planted, 
You don't want to leave when it's broken. When it's, first of all, as a leader, I, I don't want to be missed. I, I know too many leaders that say, boy, are they going to miss me? That's not mm-hmm. a leader talk. That, that's someone who's got ego and it feels that they're all that or there's something, something. I don't think any of those things. I'm mm-hmm. very replaceable if God says so because I've done what I was called to do. I've reached the omega point that I'm a, a beginner and a finisher. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a starter of things, but I'm also a finisher. And so if I'm finishing something, he's got something great big for me. And here's some other signs. Everything was so peaceful in our life. We had the home of our dreams. We finally got there. I uh, lived near, near my golf course that was a golf course of my dreams. It was beautiful. I had a great church. I, I had uh, significance in the community. I was thought well of, you know, I was not run out of town on a rail with, with tar and feathers. Uh, I, there are so many things that were right. And, and when we see people in the Bible that were moved, they left good things. They left with weeping and gnashing of teeth. But then I'm going to add these two things I always say to young people. And I think this is the most pastoral thing I could say to your audience, that there's two ways I know God was in it. Number one is when I came here and I had the interview, I was in total peace. Well, I've done a lot of interviewing. I've been to a lot of places and looked at big churches or big jobs or, you know, like the NBC job. I've been to a lot of things that were big. And, and great opportunities. And in every one of them that I didn't do and that I left, it was because of God. There was just no peace. Hmm. I just knew that I had more questions than answers. And so when I came to Charisma, I walked in the door. I knew that I was to be here. I just, hmm. I, I, I knew I had peace. Well, then I, I put the second test on. It's not, it's not really a fleece. I just look for, okay, God, if this is you, what are the gifts and talents that I will need to, to do this? And will I need your help? I know I've got the, I've got the, uh, the experience and I've got the gift set. Do I have the gifts for what you want me to do here? And, and when I tell college students this, or when I tell young people to say, is it time for me to move? I look for those two things. Are you at peace with that door? closing and one opening because both happened. My door wasn't closing in Tulsa, but I knew how to close it. I had a a couple I could hand the church off to. I had a business I could hand off. And you know, the young lady that I handed my business off to because you've worked with her. It was Samantha. Mm. Yes. I I had raised up what would come next. It broke my heart to give it to them. (laughs) Mm. I started it from nothing. Not that I didn't want, I mean, they were called for it. They were ready. And they've done well since I left. But I also knew that my gifts and calling were, this is going to sound almost self-serving, so I don't mean it that way, but that it was going to be a bigger uh, footprint. I had my church, but God said, I've given you more to do, and I need your footprint to be enlarged throughout the globe, that you're going to have a, and I've been having this prophecy over my life since I was 19, that I would be a teacher of nations, not just of a university. That mm-hmm. I had a, a national, an international call on my life. Well, I thought that was in at ORU because I taught st- students from all over the country. But no, I had to get on airplanes. I had to go do things and start traveling and seeing people. And so, Angela, there's the answer because uh, I could mm-hmm. talk and, and you'd, I'd wear you out. But the answer is gifts and peace. 
You, you know mm-hmm. you have both and that you're not running away from something. That the door is closing at a right time. A door closes in success, not with, oh, I see, I've got so much more to do. You know, I, I can't leave here right now because I've got this group that you're a part of that I see supernatural things occurring with. And you're one of them that's in that cadre or, or that's in that group. And I, no way could I leave here now because of the, um, the beginning of this thing. There's, it's an alpha moment for this group, this cohort of podcast hosts that I've been called to work with. It's about a hundred of you. And look at the impact that we can have together if we all just go do what God called us to do. And I just feel the anointing of God, even while I'm saying this to you, mm. that I would have missed this. I would have missed God because I don't think anyone else could have been called to come into this. Sure, God would have done it. I'm not so high, think so highly of myself that no, no one else could have done it, but they wouldn't have had my background and my experience set and what God gave me, the, the path that he took me down. So yes, doors close easily. A, nut, a door doesn't close because somebody's mad at me. I like mm. doors to close because I see the finish. And I'm going to just lightly walk out the room and close the door and let my children sleep. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's how do you know that door can close in your own home? Because they're sleeping. They're at peace. Mm. Everything's okie dokie. You don't leave the child's room that's upset and crying and needs you. So that's, that's my answer. And I hope it makes sense. Sadly, we're, we're almost out of time. And I want to ask you to, to let us know how we can connect with you and your podcast and, and have you pray. But I would love to, to get the scoop from you on one, on one question. Other than Jesus, when you get to heaven, what person in the Bible do you want to get the scoop from? Do you even know how many interviews you've done, by the way? I'm, I'm north of 1,200, just oh, counting wow. this podcast network. Wow. So, so let's add one through my life. I did a lot in TV and radio sure. through the years, but the ones that really count the spiritual interviews, which doesn't really count what we do as pastors and the number of people we talk to, mm-hmm. but on air, I've over, I've over 1200 on the podcast network. So thousands of interviews. And so yeah. I want to know the one interview you cannot wait to have when you get to heaven, what Bible character do you want to sit down with first? And what would you ask them? Really good question, Angela. I, I love it. I, I'm going to tell you my answer, what I really believe. I'm going to tell you what I would actually do. What I'd love okay. in my heart would be to hang out with Paul. I because- knew it. That's what I was going to guess. You know, but because I want to talk to him about his his debating days and the Sanhedrin Council when he was so educated and he was a teacher and how Damascus changed his life because we've all had those moments. But I know the line to Paul will be atrocious. It'll be like a ride at Disneyland. I won't get to it. That's hysterical. That's so true. Here's my really, really true answer that I'll settle for. I want to go to Thomas because I want to talk with somebody that has a first name that's an adjective. I've always mm. wanted to find out as doubting, you know, when you got the first name of doubting, I, I got to meet with a guy that I really think was a lot like me in that, you know, I'm, I'm kind of intellectual here, Jesus. I got to see mm. this thing, you yeah. know, and Luke might've been that way. Luke yeah. was a physician. So I feel like yeah. he had that, we have that nature in us, that academic side of us. That doesn't mean we have little faith. It's just, I want to see it. 
you know, sure. I, wanna, I actually want to see the shroud, although I don't now as a pastor, I'm way over that. But there's a part of me that wants to interview Thomas about how did you feel when the guys looked at you and called you doubting, mm. you know, because not only that, but it stuck for generations, brother. I got to tell you, We're everybody still saying it. Yeah. you're still doubting Thomas. You know what I'm and saying? Would you believe that? Would you believe Dr. Green? That's the book. And not everybody knows this. So you kind of hear it at first, if you're listening, but that is the book. My father and I are currently co-writing wow. is the life of Thomas. No so I know I didn't you know. didn't know. <laughs> no. And the title is actually the working title is brave enough to believe because oh, we think him so much with his doubts, but he really, like you said, for the skeptic, for the seeker, even for the seasoned leader to say there's so much in Thomas's life. And what I love about Thomas is that in that story, especially that last one of those critical encounters that you're referring to, which is where he got the nickname doubting Thomas is that Jesus invited him to come closer, right. even doubt drives us away. And we've all come through such a year where there could be so much doubt. We're riddled with so many questions, just like maybe Thomas was in that season. And yet God doesn't push us away. Jesus actually invited him, Thomas, it's come, come closer to me. And I'm allowing you to, to push through to, to you get the deep revelation of who I am beyond just the hearsay of somebody else's. Oh, I, I saw Jesus. Well, I need to not only see him, I need to put my hands where I know he was crucified. So I'll, I'll start preaching about Thomas because I've been living his life right now. So I had no idea you would say that. And I'm, I'm just so intrigued by his story. And I think it gives us so much hope that when we feel like how God put it, that in my heart for you. For I love it. Interview. Cause I never would have thought that thought before. I you love know, it. it. Just something and, the Holy spirit dropped on me because I know I couldn't get to Paul and I ain't waiting <laughs> in that line. I don't have a fast pass. Yeah. Poor Tom is probably as the shorter line to Peter, but he really is kind of a secondary similar personality to Peter, but you, to me are a Paul, you're a modern day Paul, Dr. Green. And you Thank have, you. that's a blessing. I mean, you've allowed your life to zig and to zag. And just like, you know, Paul wanted to go, you know, into an area and, and it was clear. God said, no, he led him somewhere else. He just constantly was on the move. And, and yet every, every piece of real estate in his life was surrendered to the Lord and it was integrated his tent making his marketplace ministry, his relationships, his ability to transform a city. And I, I've just seen that to be so evident in your life. So Paul may be wanting to get in line to talk to you when you get I to heaven it. to say, hey, I know he's going to love, we're going to love heaven. Isn't it yeah. just going to be amazing? We can talk to anybody as long as we want, but I am so grateful for your time with me today and, and just the way you are impacting just on a very personal level, my life. And I'm beyond grateful because your steps of obedience have even led to this moment in my life. And we really won't even know till we get to heaven, but we can really sit down and understand the full breadth and width of the ministry that God entrusted to us. So I'm so personally grateful. And I, I know people want to connect with you. So you know, get love leads, hear about your podcast. So let us know how they can connect with you. And then I'd love to invite you to pray. Well, you can, of course, connect with me at Charisma. And that'd be great. Just write to me at Charisma Media. It's easy to get a hold of me. Uh, call my assistant. Tell me you want to talk. 
it, it's just real easy. The, the way to find me online is just go to greenlines.com. And I spell my name with an E at the end, just to make it complicated. G-R-E-E-N-E-L-I-N-E-S, greenlines.com. Everything about me is there. My social media, uh, you can download a couple of my newsletters free. The book is there. I'd love for you to read Love Leads. I'd love for you to buy it for your pastor. But, and it's not expensive. It's on Kindle and I, you know, it's there for you if you want it. But there's a lot of free things there. And I, I hope you do that. So allow me to pray now. And Angela, I thank you for the opportunity. I've been blessed more than you. Uh, it just blessed me to talk to you, to think about what God has done. And it, it's good. I love early morning devotions. When I write that grateful line, what am I grateful for? I love to be reminded. And I, while I was speaking with you, I thought about all the things I could have written this morning as I remembered. And I went down that little memory trail with you because I don't do it very much. So I'll have wow. some things to write about tomorrow morning. So I appreciate I love it. So Father, I thank you for the ministry of Angela Donatio. She means so much to me, not only for who she is and who you've called her to be and how you've set her apart, You've gifted her in such mighty ways. I, I look upon her and I'm stunned and I see how many times she must hear to whom much is given, much is required because so much has been given to her. And I feel that's why you've moved me around. I recognize how much you gave me and how much you require of me now and why I know I can't retire and why there are so many people listening in the audience and say, Lord, I'm worn out. I'm give out. You've, you've, given me so much, but I'm so tired. And I think the Lord would say to you right now, if you're one of those that look at the life of Angela, uh, your pastor here, look at what Lord's done with me and said, but I'm not finished with you yet. That you've been given much because there's so much yet to do in this kingdom. And the time is so critical right now for those of us who've been given much to stand up, step up and produce for the ministry of the kingdom to do life ministry every day of our lives to see the one that's walking down the hall that needs me, but to see the masses too, that want to listen to a podcast that allow all of us who've been given so much to recognize how much more we need to give back. Uh, it's Lord, I'm, I'm so mindful of your two words that I use so often so that, that I did this for you, Steve, so that you would go and do this. And how many times the Lord said, so that, in the New Testament. I'm moved by that. I'm challenged by that. And I want to work harder because you gave me so much. So that. So for all your listeners, uh, burn in those two words. So that, and help them to realize who they are. They're not listening to this just to pull down. I believe they're listening to Angela's podcast so that they know where to go, how to be led by you and how they can open their mouth and begin to preach and teach and serve and pray and minister. So I pray for those that are listening, that you would stir up the gift that's within them, that you would hold them accountable for the great and mighty draw that's on their life. Bless Angela now and her church, cause it to grow in the ways that matter most to you. Bless her family, give them prosperity and health and wisdom. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for joining our conversation. Season two is sponsored in part by Worley Dahlberg Yao PLLC. You can learn more about this award-winning law firm at lawfirmvirginia.com. I'd love to stay connected, so be sure to visit angeladonadio.com for books, free goodies, and opportunities to feature your ministry or business as a sponsor. 
find me on Facebook at Angela Donatio VOV and Instagram at Angela Donatio, where we do podcast giveaways each month. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Until next week, let's make life matter.